The beautiful tapestry that is the mystery of our Catholic faith is held together by seemingly contradictory things. This is kind of the the both and of Catholicism, that we believe in scripture and tradition, in faith and in works, in faith and in reason, in works for the poor and in works for those in in justice, right? It's not just direct service, but also social change. It's a both and. It's a tug of war seemingly, but it's held together in this beautiful mystery. And it's a challenge because we all have our gifts and our talents. And some come more easily, but the both end of Catholicism is a reminder that Catholic, which is a word that means universal, is not just a word for the universality of the church in the world, but also for the universality that God desires in our own life. To draw all things in our life to himself, to challenge us, to encourage us, to build us up so that our entire life is a gift to the Lord. Yes, some of our gifts are better and more easily, more easily given to the Lord, but the Lord desires for us to give our entire life because that's the only place we're going to find freedom is in this balancing act, in this working these things out, sometimes with frustration, sometimes with difficulty, but working those out in the church with the Lord, with each other. And it brings up my favorite, and I think the most difficult both and, the both and in the church of you and of me. That there's only one person, as we heard in the second reading to the letter to the Hebrews, that doesn't require anyone else for his salvation. That's Jesus, because he's God. But here's the thing, Jesus is both God and man. So even in Jesus, we see how there are these two seemingly disparate and contradictory things coming together in this beautiful unity for the salvation of the world. In our walk, we recognize that, yes, we have Jesus, but it's not just about me and Jesus. I can't go to Jesus without you, and you can't go to Jesus without me. Now, I'm talking in a personal level here, but also in a universal. The you and me is not just me, Father Patrick, and everyone else, but each and every one of us in relationship. We desperately need each other. We need to be challenged by each other sometimes. We need to be exhorted and encouraged at others. But in this beautiful and delicate balance that is our life in the church, when we go together, we find greater happiness and fulfillment. We, it's the only path to, to the complete happiness and fulfillment the Lord has in mind and in store for all of us. And in the gospel today, we see this kind of balance in Simeon and Anna. Right? Simeon seems, you know, just the kind of the way he's described is kind of almost a regal character who seems very, you know, debonair and, you know, the wise old man. And then we have Anna, who's in the temple night and day. And we're thinking like crazy old person in the church who never leaves, right? And there's kind of this, you know, seeming difference between the two. But God has revealed something to both of them. And both of them, therefore, reveal something beautiful to us. And maybe in their relationship, we don't know, Scripture doesn't tell us, Simeon and Anna had a relationship where some days Anna maybe felt like she didn't really want to be in the temple, but Simeon was encouraging her and vice versa. And then what happens? Their life is kind of like a primal liturgy. They come, they worship, they read Scripture, and guess who comes and fulfills everything? Jesus. 
That's the Mass right there. We join together, imperfect as we are, desiring to know and to love God, struggling, yes, success in other areas. And then Jesus substantially comes into our life in the Eucharist. He comes fully just as he came into the temple, into each of our lives, individually and collectively. A light of revelation, as Simeon refers to him in the gospel today. And I can say in my own part what this is like for me. It's a blessing, frankly, to be a priest and to be your priest. And it's been three and a half years. And at this point, it's, it's frankly beautiful every time I celebrate Mass with you all because I know so many of your lives and so many of your stories and your successes and your struggles. It inspires me to see people who are so committed and dedicated to the, to the poor and works of justice for the unborn, for instance, or for the materially poor. It's beautiful and wonderful to see families in this difficult time to be Catholic, striving after the faith, especially our college students, where it is in pretty much every social way disadvantageous for you to be faithful, putting Christ first in your life. Every time it inspires me. But as we heard in the first reading from the prophet Malachi, even when we come to the Lord, sometimes it's like a refiner's fire as well. Sometimes our community life together exposes those areas of our life where we are uncomfortable, where we recognize our weakness and our shortcomings. You know, I, on a personal level, right, when I see especially those who are advocating and working for the poor, the materially poor, it's a good reminder to me because that doesn't come easily or naturally to me. I really have to challenge myself and to work at that. And so sometimes it's easy and it's encouraging to see that. And other times it's kind of burning. It's refining. It's, it's helping me realize how far I have yet to go. But that's the beauty of our community. That when we walk together in faith, when we gather together and when we experience together the fullness of Jesus Christ, something greater than anything all of us could do together happens. The world is made a better place. Our hearts are changed and converted and made anew in the image and likeness of God. We become something that on our own we never could even dream of becoming. And so we are challenged every time we come to Mass to prepare our hearts, to make the Mass the most important part of our week. Not just in your calendar, praise God that you're coming to Mass, but preparing for Mass. Going to confession, serving the poor, so that reading the Scriptures, so that when we come together, this is the culmination of a life given to Christ. Not only that are we called to make the Mass the most important part of our life, but we also have to Love each other and make each other the most important part of our life. We have to go out of our way to invite people into our lives, to invite the person sitting next to you at Mass to brunch or to grab a cup of coffee or the person you see every week or you see at the grocery store to say hello, how are you, wasn't that a great homily on Sunday? All of those things. You don't have to say that homily part. But all of those things, right, when we work together, it makes the first part even more substantial and meaningful. Because the Lord desires and does in a few moments in the Eucharist to walk into our life just as he walked into that temple, as he was carried by his parents. And sometimes the Lord comes in like a king into our lives, and sometimes he's like a child. Now remember, in the Jewish culture, there were probably dozens of firstborn sons being brought to the temple that day. And yet because Simeon and Anna were there, 
Because their hearts were open, they, and they alone, recognized the fullness of God's grandeur in their presence. And so remember, it's a marathon. It's not a sprint. Sometimes we want to dive into the, the molten uh, you know, lava of and refined and get it all right away. But sometimes the Lord works with very gentle and gradual sandpaper on those areas of our life. And that's why we need each other. And that's why we have this beautiful and wonderful church. So that where you are strong and I am weak, you can help me. And where I am strong and you are weak, I can help you. And we can walk together hand in hand like Mary and Joseph into the temple, carrying Jesus to each other, but also to the world that is in such desperate need of his love and his mercy and of saints.